Connection confirmed. All double O components reading satisfactory. The two solar reactors are within normal parameters. All right, let's begin the matching test. You can go ahead, Tieria. Roger that. GN drive, disengaging repause. Topological defect changing from ground state to high output. Twin drive's particle synchronization rate is at 35%. 37, 40, 47, 49, 55, 58. We've just broken the 60% barrier. If it makes it past 80%, we'll be within stable operational range. It's looking good. We've developed an instability in the topological defect. Say what? Twin drive sync rate decreasing. Fusion rate is also falling. Well, that's it. We've now tested every possible combination with our present resources. Why won't it work? Why won't it stabilize? What in the world are we missing? Hello and welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best episode-by-episode Gundam Seed podcast that's giving Double O a try. My name is Jeremy. This episode left me shaken, but not stirred. I'm Tyler. (laughs) Uh, This episode legitimately made me laugh, and my name is Zach. Is it because of drunk Sumeragi? It's related to that, but it's mostly because of an inserted comedic moment by me. We are watching episode 27 of Gundam Double O, episode 2 of part 2, Twin Drive. It's so many twos. Yes. There's only been one episode of this part so far, but everything happened in it. Yeah, I feel like a lot less... Ha- hmm. I'm not sure... Li- I did not like this episode as much as I liked the first episode. I so. actually really like this episode. Sets in a kidnap Saji and rejoins Celestial Being. Yep. And also there are a bunch of murder robots. Um, oh, yeah. Also, the Earth government became the assholes. Or, I'm sorry, the a-holes. Well, <laughs> <laughs> in the four-here time skip. And now they're just doing a lot of murders with robots. And Celestial Being is like, eh, we don't care for this. Also, This Louis- isn't what we wanted to, to see, so let's uh, let's fix it. I wanted a world without war. Not a world that is all war? I didn't want 40k! Uh, Luis is a pilot now. Ribbons is God now. Luis is a pilot for the Aeles, specifically. Yeah. Alright, we're watching episode two this week, Twin Drive. Is there anything else we want to say about it beforehand? What did you think of this episode, Tyler? Zach, you, you said you didn't like it as much as the first one. We already did that part. Yeah, no, I was gonna say, I didn't not like it. I just liked the first episode a lot better. Like, I feel like this is uh, almost going with the what we think is a really good Gundam pacing, where we have one really fast episode and one kind of slow episode. This is slower, but not slow enough. Like, it doesn't do a lot of tension building for me, I think, is really the problem. Yeah, the first episode has to set up everything, right? Both the setting and the emotional stakes. I guess everything but the characters, because we already have those. This episode is kind of introducing some new characters and setting some character status quos for the season. Yeah, which, like, I think it's work that needs to be done. I just had much different expectations coming off of the adrenaline-packed first episode. All right, so shall we just go ahead and watch it then? Yeah, sure. All right. Again, we are watching episode two of part two, Twin Drive, episode 27 overall. You can watch along if you want on Crunchyroll, or I think it's still on Hulu. Who knows? I think it's still on Hulu. 
We start out three months ago at Lagrange Point 3. Where they're complaining about not having an Exia. Well, they're trying out their new uh, twin drive system. We see the bridge bunnies are sitting in the chair, just doing computer stuff, being like, all right, Ian, all the charts are good. Yeah, Felt and New Bridge Bunny are uh, sitting at the monitor while Ian and Lassa are watching them. And there's some unnamed person in the background, too. And also Tiaria in the Gundam doing a test. And we see that the double O, which I think we've seen before, but it's explicit, has two GN drives, one in each shoulder. Fancy. Then we get some techno babble. As its, its synchronization rate between its two drin- twin drives is steadily increasing. Yep. I'm they, just having Evangelion flashbacks. I was going to say they're channeling Evangelion pretty hard. And felt like we've broken the 60% barrier doing her best Ritsuko impression. And Ian gives us some techno babble about how we need to get it above 80% for it to be stable. But then they develop an instability in the topological defects. Which, as far as I'm aware, means that these are powered by black holes somehow. (laughs) And then, uh, apparently, as soon as that happens, it fucks up and dies. And the drives shut down. And Tiara is like, ah, we've tested every possible combination with our current resources. We need to get the Exia and try its solar reactor. Because apparently it's different? Well, I think they've tried all the combinations and they've gotten different results with every combination. So it's another five tests they can run. Four tests, I guess. They have four other drives. And Tiaria's like, well, so I gotta get, get that sets in a motherfucker, I guess. Oh, well. Time to set up an elaborate plot for him to storm a base that I know he's gonna storm, and then save him at the last possible minute. I don't minute. feel like they set up a plot or anything like that. They just found out about it, and were like, yeah, he's gonna be there. Uh, then we get our opening. What do you guys think of this opening? Uh, the music isn't great. It, it, there's a lot of, like, character history moments in here. Like, that's what the primary thing for it is. We get a cut from, like horrible child warfare to Setsuna <laughs> in the new like uniform and, and like looking forward I actually had thought that moment was after all this stuff it shows from the previous season yeah we get to see Lockon die again and Tiaria be sad about it and new Lockon put on his jacket <laughs> and now uh both of Tier or Alleluia's eyes are always exposed yeah I do kind of like that it shows like Christina and Lichty there as well like because it goes through and then they're on the bridge. Remember them? They're dead. I mean, uh, old Lockon's there too, and he's dead also. It's more high energy than the second theme, but it's still like just a sad theme, right? Yeah. And, and I really don't like the way they put action shots in this because they don't do anything with the music. There's just a bunch of mobile suits doing barrel rolls and then like zoom-ins on them into the cockpit that I just think are disorienting. I was going to say, would you prefer more like a uh, like a drama opening where it's like, characters looking longingly at the distance and stuff with like fade outs i mean kind of it's more that if you're going to do an action scene i feel like it's important that the action is cut to the same beat as the music and this series doesn't do it at all and there's just too much spinning the action scene <laughs> that's a complement the music not so much be disjointed yeah it looks like it was animated in absence of the music whereas like my favorite thing about the seed one is this, the staccato cuts going with the music yeah and honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if this was animated in absence of the music and they just chose a track to toss on it. May well be. Anyway, we're out of the opening and into the graveyard. That common saying. We start where the post credit scene left us of the first episode. Sets in a talking to Lyle DeLandy about how Neil DeLandy was a Gundam pilot. And he's like, what? What are you trying to sell me, kid? <laughs> and he's like, wait, I noticed you use the past tense there. Don't tell me he's dead. And Setson's like, yep, 
four years ago. What, your twin sense didn't go off? Isn't that wind sense? <laughs> oh, wait, that's something else. So birds fly away and uh, the wishes over their airspace. <laughs> so Lyle is like, so you're saying that I should go fulfill his wishes. And Setson is like, I don't care. On the other hand, here, have all the information about Celestial Bean and where to find us on this thumb drive. Before that, they have left the graveyard and gone to Lyle's car. Maybe the coolest car in Gundam 00. <laughs> because it's a regular-ass car? Yes, but, like, the green paint on it, I love. Like, uh, I, I don't know why I like this green chrome paint job so much, but I do. Anyway, yeah, Setsuna's like, yeah, I'm, I'm just saying, if you want to change the world like your brother did, you should join us. Have this thumb drive. Which, to be fair, I don't think that much is on the thumb drive. And he does say, if you are prepared to fight for it, I think it's just like the bare minimum for him to understand about what they need, what he needs to be able to, you know, do the job. Because then Setsuna is like, oh yeah, and by the way, Cateron is going to be under attack in a few weeks. After uh, Lyle is like, hey, but what if I just give it to the authorities? And Setsuna's like, yeah, they're going to attack Cateron all over Europe. These guys are a-holes. And <laughs> Lyle's like, but what? They're going to attack. Cut to Earthsphere Federation Forces headquarters where Katimata Kid is accepting her job. She has been recruited by the a-holes. Yes. And her boss is like, as you are aware, we're an autonomous peacekeeping force <laughs> that attacks nations that still have militaries, Catheron, and now one more organization. And Caddy's like, the Gundams, I get it. I've watched a TV show before. <laughs> and we're in the military. Be straightforward with me. You can shorthand our organization by just calling us the assholes. <laughs> anyway, public opinion will support any action we take. So that's good. Especially if they start their interventions again. And because you've fought Gundams before, your skills are going to be invaluable. Has she technically fought a Gundam before? She or has she been on a ship near a Gundam She hasn't before? gone head-to-head -head against them, but she has like been in combat against Gundams because she was running the, the yeah. final confrontation. That's fair. She did command her himbo to fire at them. Yes, and that's going to be her role. And then next <laughs> one, he's got a bunch of himbos for her <laughs> to command to shoot at things. We then cut to the lunchroom of himbos. <laughs> well, Monikin is trying to brood about her new position. When Soma comes up and asks for permission to speak. And Kadi is like, hey, I actually know you. She also, lo like, Soma looks mildly happy, which is a weird thing for Soma's face. I well, mean, I mean, it's somebody else she knows who presumably treated her normally. She was also, Kadi, from what we could tell, is friends with Sergei. And also last week, she looked pretty happy in her sweater. And Soma's like, yeah, I accepted the position yesterday. And they came, dra they dragged me over here. Caddy's like, I'm surprised Sergey let that happen. And then Sergey's son shows up and is like, an order from the top has to be obey. And Caddy goes, like, I don't Excuse remember giving me? you permission to talk to me. <laughs> Who the fuck are you? And he's like, I'm Andre Smirnov, man, a second lieutenant. So I'm the lowest ranked person here. <laughs> and then Caddy's like, Smirnov, you don't mean the vodka. <laughs> he's like, I'm his son. And then we cut to a shot of definitely not Graham Aker. Don't worry about it. Are, are we just going to say yeah. this dude's name now? Yeah. Tyler knows there's no point. Yeah, so I accidentally assembled the command post on the Gundam subreddit talking about how much they hate this design choice. Oh, it's bad, to it's be bad, fair. It's yes. not just the design choice. This doesn't make any sense from a character perspective either. It makes a little sense, but I'll get into that later. I something, don't like something it. Something Virgo. Um. <laughs> anyway, he's brooding in the lunchroom just having black coffee in the back next to the vending machines. It's Mr. Bushido. 
being like, ah, I see that they've added the AEU's mission commander and the super soldier. Commander Kataragi doesn't mess around. I did not realize that this is Billy's uncle until much later when they explicitly state it. But I yeah, assumed I, this was Billy. So I didn't yes. realize that was the case either. Yeah, Billy is not in charge of the a holes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was mean, very I, confused for initially. A like I thought that was the case, <laughs> but then when we in a couple of minutes actually go see Billy, I was like, "Oh no, he is definitely not related to them right right now." And I wasn't entirely right because he is directly related to them. <laughs> He's blood-related to them. Oh, the Exia. Poor so, Exia's leg. Yeah, we cut back to the Ptolemaeus, where they have thrown the Exia in the garbage, because that's what it is. And they're like, okay, time to perform tests with the Exia's GN drive. And Tiari is like, according to the simulation, the Exia and O-Gundam solar reactors have a high linkage ratio. They have good chemistry. And Ian's like, yeah, but we don't know until the first date. So anyway, something, something plugged up. <laughs> so something, something, Shenberg knew... Gundam theory and the Trans Am, but does it really, is it really going to work? Yeah. Could that guy from 200 years ago really predict a new theory like this? Like, is it accurate or is it just some crackpot theory he had? Well, he's like, I don't know. And you put two of them together and it'll be rad. If only I had done that with my eyeglasses. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was been pretty accurate so far. Tiaria says that the idea is you synchronize the two solar reactors and that will square their particle emission, which seems good. Does that mean if you have three, would it be tripled or, like, cubed? I assume this is a specific system, right? Because the Alvator had, like, seven strapped on the back, right? And I assume it had seven times the output, but this has... Four times the output with two reactors? Yeah, this has got to be a specific system setup. It's not just duct taping more cylinders, as it were. Yeah, that's fair. And I assume it's squaring the rate per minute. Because that's the only thing that makes sense, right? Whereas normally, if you put seven, it would be seven times. Yeah, because you just have seven individual units as opposed to two linked units. Whereas this is if you got 10 per minute, you'd be up to 100 per minute rather than 20. So it's much better. That's my assumption. Which which also is the only thing that really, at least for me, makes sense as to why it matters if they're synchronizing with each other in order to get that kind of thing to work. Because otherwise, any two should work. Uh, Otherwise, I get low points from the judges because they're not in sync. I mean, you have an, you, you add enough firepower, you don't care about what the judges think. The judge from Russia is Sergei. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> so we cut out to them unlocking uh, the closet they have locked poor Saji in. Milena and Lasse being them. And Milena goes like a full game show host. And she's like, hi. We haven't gotten her name yet. So this is the new bridge bunny is yes. Milena. I'm going to refer to her by her name because that's way easier than calling her. The new bridge bunny? Yes. I was going to say spiral ponytail. I just wanted to specify. I I think this is like the princess haircut. Her hair is similar to it. It's got the the twin drills. Yeah, her hair is the hair that will pierce the heavens. (laughs) (laughs) So she's like, yeah, we did like throw you in this padded cell because, you know, we won't want you to get around or try to hurt us but we're not cruel and unusual punishment people like those a-holes so here have the internet via this red haro (laughs) (laughs) also some food i guess which she just like sticks into a crevice of the padded room which i love i mean well it's it's ostensibly uh weightless so they're in free fall we get how does gravity work in gundam zach we don't yeah inconsistent (laughs) well i mean like lasse and melina are standing on the ground saji is floating in the corner (laughs) So Milena's like, anyway, just tell Red Haro if you need anything, and you can access our database to pass the time. We got lots of books from the library there. And Saji responds with, how long are you going to keep me in this closet? 
So Lassie's like, yeah, we know the Alaws are looking for you. But he's like, I'm not a member of Catheron. And he's just like, well, <laughs> let's hope they think the same thing. I, I love that from Lasse. Like th- this whole thing between Saji and Lasse, I really like because he's just like, yeah, we know you're not a member of Catheron. But they don't think that. Well, yeah, remember how you were in a prison labor camp? <laughs> yeah, remember how you said, hey, what's going on? And they threw you in a space gulag and then <laughs> murdered everybody else in the space gulag. And remember how our guy kidnapped you and brought you here and we've treated you with respect? <laughs> Even though we've put you in a closet? So Saji asks if they're going to continue armed interventions. And Lassie's like, nah, man, we're just going to crush the A-laws. We're just going after the A-laws because they're dicks. They've already done 14 mass murders, one of which you were there for, remember? (laughs) (laughs) They've killed tens of thousands of people already, but they've erased all the records of it. That's some pretty efficient record, you know, control over the media because tens of thousands of people in four years? Holy shit! I assume they just keep shipping them off to space and then nuking the colonies, so, like, no one's there. I mean, that's a pretty high rate for World War One. <laughs> so here's, I think, a good time to bring up. What do you guys think of the A-Laws as our new antagonist? I think it's going a little bit on the, like, I, I don't mind having a pure, like, evil antagonist for us to, to really root for Celestial Being to go up against. But at the same time, it seems out of place for what happened at the end of the last series. It's at the very least a wild departure from what we had in the first yeah. half, right? Where, with the exception of Sanchez, who is crazy war man, all of the antagonists are like point of view characters, even where you're supposed to get behind them a little. And now we've invented this super crazy double mass murder organization. But that, to be fair, is very Gundam. They're just the Titans, like I said last week. <laughs> I'm actually mixed on it because I think it's a little bit abstract. They're kind of fighting the concept of like organized military suppression. Which is like, to be fair, about as abstract as what they were up against before, which is the concept of war. At least now it's been personified, right? Yeah. There was a group doing that. And that group has hired all of our favorite shars. Uh, <laughs> but well, I mean, well, I don't think they've gotten our Sergei. boy. Well, they, they haven't gotten Sergey. They got but I don't daughter, think they've gotten our. Uh, I don't think they've gotten our boy Patrick Collisar yet. Yeah, well, he's not a shar. <laughs> yeah, he does have red hair, which is like almost. It's red. The thing is, like, well, I say it's weird escalation from the previous series. I actually don't mind them so much because, like, Lasse hasn't gone into it yet. But from for a in a bit here, he will mention that the reason why they're going after Alaws is because they accomplished what they wanted in unifying humanity beneath this one government. But the Alaws weren't what they wanted, so they're trying to stop them because they want. They actually want peace, and so they're willing to do whatever they have to in order to fix the thing they fucked up. Was that even their goal? I don't know if that was their goal. Well, peace was their goal. Peace was their goal. So a unified government, in theory, should produce peace, and that's kind of what Lassie implies here. Oh, no. I just realized that Aeolia Shenberg was just a big Star Trek fan. You're not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) When they talked about the thrones unifying the armies against them, they were like, oh, this has accelerated our plan, actually. And that was part of their cognitive dissonance about whether they should allow them or not. So I think uniting the world was always part of their plan. Okay. I do think having one antagonistic force is really good for economy of storytelling, because we wasted so much time being like, and now it's the Human (laughs) Reform League president, and now the American president, and now the Council of Advanced Europeans, and we never see that council again. Thank (laughs) thank Long Nose. (laughs) 
but it does seem like a wild departure from the like, oh, they're just people doing their job and they have different beliefs and they're just trying to defend their sovereignty, whether that's good or not. Murder! Yeah. It's a wild departure, certainly, which Saji doesn't care for. (laughs) And then Saji does flash to the fact that he's seen these a-holes murdering people. And goes, what's your point? As he remembers that guy who got shot so many times, he tried spinning a neat trick. (laughs) I feel like Saji knows he's wrong, but is stubborn enough that he can't uh, admit it. He does go for the ad hominem, the government formed because of your actions, which Lasse is like, yes, that's why we have to take steps to make it right. I really like that here. Just like Lasse pointing out, we know that. That's why it has to be us to fix it. And Saji's like, yeah, but if you do that, innocent people are going to get hurt. And Lasse's like, yeah, if we don't do that, they'll be murdered by the thousand. Yeah, yeah like Lasse's like, you, this is a trolley instance. card problem. Yeah. <laughs> Did you not go to... We, we have decided which side we've, we're going to fall on on this particular trolley car. We know which one of these tracks we're going to use. You don't, but we've already made that choice. So Milena's like, hey, Lasse, we have to be in the next scene now. Yeah, I was going to say, her uh, facial expression almost looks like she's feeling very awkward about this conversation and wants it to end. <laughs> well, I mean, she's also, because she, she's the only one that wasn't involved in any of the previous incident. And she was also very cheery with him, right? Like, hello. I'm Elena. Here's a Haro. Here's a meal. And so Saji's <laughs> like, where's my kidnapper? What's my kidnapper doing right now? Yeah, what sets it up to? And Lassie's like, oh, he went down to Earth to pick up the boys from school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Melina's like, he went to go pick up a few people. And Lasse goes with the more theoretical, like, he's tracking down a few people. And then he closes the door on Saji. Cut to Setsuna. Which cuts it over to Setsuna, who is entering a rather nice condo. Yeah, this building's rad. Cut away from that to... Sumeragi getting plastered or continuing to be plastered. I think she might already be drunk. Probably. Uh, well, given how many bottles are around and how much snack food is just open. Um, and the way a- she's like sitting at this table. She has, she does have two bottles of the most richly flavored of scotch whiskeys. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. I didn't that. realize that was actually, I it's didn't notice It's the same that. one for yep. the first series. Too. It's consistent. That's continuity <laughs> That's is what amazing. that is. That is great. <laughs> Although she was, I think she was uh, pouring out the the uh, the red bottle there. Yeah, I was gonna say I looked up the brand of that whiskey, I, which is the only reason I remember it, and it doesn't exist, but I want it to. So, and so we cut away from that as Billy Cataragi is trying to t- is actually <laughs> taking her glass away, and she just like falls over on the table, as well as her richly flavored Scotch whiskey, and it's like, hey, you're and drinking there's just too bottles much. everywhere. I can't keep looking after you like this. Which causes Sumeragi to be like, I'm leaving if you won't let me get drunk. What I love is she stands up really unsteadily, and then she has no problem walking to the door. So <laughs> Sumeragi is a high-functioning drunk. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, m- my experience uh, going to check on alcoholics is that they can take a few steps towards the door. They certainly <laughs> think they can leave like this. So she's like, bye, Billy. I, I, specifically, it's Jeanne, which is amazing. <laughs> Thanks for everything these past two years. Bye. And then so Billy stops her because he's like, I can't keep looking after you. I didn't want it to sound like that. I want you to get yourself back together. And then the doorbell rings. And then it sets him out. And Billy's like, oh, I recognize that look of alarm on your face. <laughs> that's someone you know. <laughs> you must know that person. And he doesn't recognize that that's the look of someone who is like, just seen a ghost? Uh, to be fair, again, I'm the person who's uh, unfortunately had to do this with drunk people. And sometimes when they see people they know that maybe they don't want to see them like this, that is exactly the look they get. Yep. I got the feeling here more of the case that Sumeragi legitimately thought Setsuno was dead. No, uh, or is 
interesting because my thought was she like kind of silvers up here. She's like, oh, he came to kill me. I know too much. (laughs) No, I I, I, just the look is because based on what I know of Sumeragi, I don't think she would care if Setsuna came to kill her. My reading of this is more that she just does not want to deal with this. So <laughs> I, I don't even get that. Like I said, I think it's more a matter of because the last time we saw Setsuna in the previous series, he was drifting off in space. Uh, Gundam protagonists do that all the time. <laughs> I, I know they do. But as far as Sumeragi would have been concerned, he was presu- I presumably he didn't talk to anybody at that time. So she must have thought he was dead. So him just popping up right here. So Billy's like, oh, hey, you told someone you're staying here. That's great. We should t- invite him to lunch. And then he, op- and <laughs> she, she tries to stop him, which I love. Not very hard. And I love the shot of the door opening and Setson is just standing there. He doesn't look at Billy ever. He's just looking straight into Sumeragi's eyes. Yeah. Hello, my name is Setson FSA. You forecast my battles. Prepare <laughs> to win. <laughs> I think this might be why I thought that Sumeragi thought he was here to kill her. Because this is very much like action movie, the hitman yeah. on the other side of the door as it slowly opens. And he has that super focused look. Yeah, but that's just Setsuna. Yeah, true. And because she also looks vaguely happy to see him. And she's like, hey, it's you, Setsuna. And then his immediate response is, it's been years, Sumeragi Lee Noriega. Well, he can only refer to people by their full name. Lock on Strata. <laughs> and that, that is also the reason why I was thinking that it was because she thought he was dead because he specifically states it has been four years since Red Haro. <laughs> Distinct from Haro. And this, of course, gets Billy, and he's like, but no, her name is, that, that's not her name. What are you talking about? Is it, do you have the wrong door? And he's like, her code name is Sumeragi Lee Noriega. She's she is Celestial the- Being's tactical forecaster. I see no way that telling you this can be a problem for me in the future. <laughs> <laughs> well, he doesn't know who he is, and he's taking Sumeragi's ability to run away away. I don't. The the complete lack of tact with which Setsuno oh, approaches see, everything. <laughs> see, this is the this is the scene I was talking about making me laugh because I th- I view it as comedic because I I in my head this is not how this happened I know this for a fact is that he says this walks past Billy picks up Sumeragi and leaves <laughs> and like just a fireman's carry and just leaves and Billy is horrified to learn this yeah and like we said Setsuno's like now you don't have a place to run away to. Um, I do agree that this is a way to deal with this situation. It's often taking away the people supporting a bad habit like that. Is, this is a way to <laughs> literally cut someone off, which is what Setsuna is doing. And it seems exactly like what Blunt Setsuna, who has no social presence, would do. Oh, <laughs> I, I know what I was going to say. Setsuna obviously figured out that Sumeragi is living here somehow. I think it would be foolish to assume he doesn't know who Billy Kataragi is. Okay, that's fair. Just given the way he does missions and prep. That is actually fair. And he's like, you don't have any other option. Come with me. So, th- yeah, that, that is just how I view that the last part of that scene in my head is he just picks up some Ragi and leaves. And then we cut to the lock on Mobile, where he is on the phone being told that they actually were raided by the security agency. Oh, yeah. By the way, like, he works for Cataron. Yep. Just like Setsuna told him. And he's like, all right, I'll be in touch again. And, and he then, makes another phone call immediately. He's like, this is Gene 1. How many code games can I get this series <laughs> working on it? I'm going to need a few more. Oh, do you think he's named Gene 1 after uh, Gene from the original Gundam? I can't imagine any other no, reason. No, I don't think so. I think it's just to give him a different code name. Okay. Whoever he calls in the second one is like, we need to meet face-to-face to talk about this. It's important. Cut back to the Ptolemaios, where they reveal the Xian O Gundam match has yielded the highest numbers so far, but it still hasn't got above 70%. 
we need someone to shonen really hard at it in order to get it to stabilize. Well, Tiaria points out that they still have the Trans Am. And he's like, that should get us another 10%. But Ian's like, don't be ridiculous. We don't know what'll happen. It could explode. I mean, he's not inherently wrong. Like, they don't know what would happen if they forced that last 10% with the Trans Am overloading it. So is like, well, I guess we just recalibrate and try again then, but I don't know what that's going to do. So we, we cut out of that to uh, Saji doing research with the Red Haro. I really want this to be replaced with that uh, this scene from uh, Wally, where they're like just going through the history of everything that happened. <laughs> where he's like, the first thing he looks up, which makes sense, is, hey, what about that time that some civilians got attacked in Spain? I, it's kind of like I, he wants validation for his hatred against the people of Celestial being here and now, I feel like. But when he pulls it up, the reason for the attack is listed as unknown. And it was done by the three Gundam Throne units. And he's like, well, time to wiki dive. Let's click <laughs> Gundam Thrones. And the title is like, the Gundam Thrones were piloted by some assholes. They weren't <laughs> Not part the of the A-holes. original plan. Some assholes. They had pseudo-GN drives that could have negative effects on the human body. Which explains that one throwaway line about not being able to regenerate Louise's hand. Yep. It's okay. She got a sweet robot arm later. Spoilers. I, but th- we already saw it. <laughs> and so Saji's like, those are the machines that hurt Louise. And Haro is helping like, they're enemies, they're enemies. <laughs> yeah, Red Haro just starts chanting that they're enemies. And Saji is like, what do you mean? And he's like, I'm a Haro. I do not elaborate. I belong <laughs> to Mir Campbell once. <laughs> <laughs> so we cut to a, like a, it's like an orbital shuttle. Yeah, it's the one of the linear trains. We've seen these before in the first part. Okay, it, d- it just didn't look like a train. And Sumeragi is like super depressed at Setsuna. Like, why are you dragging me back? We fucked up. We lost. And Setsuna's like, yeah, I know. We got to fix it. I like that she continues trying to convince him for the next, like, three minutes of this episode that he should just give up on her. Which, again, and been there. Yeah, I mean, but Setsuna is, like, number one, he's not very socially adept. But at the same time, I feel like Setsuna legitimately believes in Sumeragi. Like, he actually does believe in, in her. I could definitely see him... Well, I guess I couldn't see him saying it, but uh, it's kind of the believe in me that believes in you. This is an interesting time, I think, to bring up. The first time I watched this series, I kind of just assumed that at this point, Setsuna was calling the shots at Celestial Being. And like, I don't know why I thought that other than like him showing up is when they start to act. Right. And he's the one that goes and picks a new lock on Stratos and grabs Sumeragi while he's there. I feel like it's not so much that he's calling the shots. So much as they have made, like, it, it's a consensus, right? Maybe. So, like, they have all decided as a group. It's time. Like, we, we have, we have the, uh, the drives now. I think the reason why they weren't acting before is because they were busy building the new Gundams. I mean, that's true. But they had the Cerevi already, right? And I just guess of the people on the, uh, Ptolemaeus right now, who seems like a leader? I actually, I I feel like the reason why they didn't why they didn't act while they had the Seraphi is because they were actually trying to find Setsuna. I I was actually gonna say uh, it's actually that Tiaria doesn't like doing field work, so <laughs> he just well, refused to go out. To be fair, Setsuna is bad at social and recruiting, right? He's gotta be better than Tiaria. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Lasse would probably be the next. Yeah, I feel choice. like Lasse wouldn't be terrible. Yeah, but he's dead and scarred. I feel like he could just send Felt out with a sign. (laughs) (laughs) Mom, come home. (laughs) 
We got Chicky Nugs. <laughs> we, we only eat Chicky Nugs. We need you to come back and give us a decent diet. Of whiskey. <laughs> so Sumeragi, like Tyler said, like a lot of drunks will, tries to convince Setsuna to give up on her. And I do like that she specifies, hey, even with everyone who died, we didn't able, we aren't able to change anything. And that like a lot of her drinking, even though it was already her coping mechanism, I think is because Lock on Christina and Lichty all died. Because it is also fairly obvious from what we saw earlier that it's actually gotten worse from what it was in the first season. Because in the first season, yes, she we made jokes about her always drinking, but she was definitely she was a casual day drinker before. And, so. <laughs> and she was definitely much more high functioning. Here it seems like she wasn't doing anything but drinking. I really wanted that scene to open with her yelling at a soap opera or something. It would have been way funnier to me, but... But it wasn't supposed to be a, fun, a, no, a fair. comedy scene. I love how when she's doing this, Setsuna is mostly silent until she brings up the, you know, Iolia's plan was meaningless. And so Setsuna's just like, is that why you keep getting, why all you're doing is drinking? And she's like, I just want to escape. What's wrong with that? And Setsuna starts to go, I will fight. I mean, we will fight. Hey, that's character well, growth yeah, right I, there. <laughs> yeah, I think it's also partly because <laughs> being re uh, reintegrated into Celestial Being from him just running around in the Exia for so long that he's remembering, yes, there are people with me. And he's like, hey, if leading the world into a terrible reformation is our sin, the only way to atone is to fight to change the world again. The only way we can make it better is by fixing it. And Sumeragi's like, no, I can't. You're stronger than me. I'm too weak. I just want to escape from it. Setsuna does not respond. He just drags her out of the shuttle later. Well, like I said, I do believe that Setsuna has a belief in Sumeragi that she's stronger than she thinks. Yeah. And he does believe in her ability. So they get to the airport in space, and Setsuna's like, hey, here comes the new Gundammeister. Let's just meet him first. And hey, it's Lock-On Stratos. And Sumeragi's like, Lock-On? Is he alive too? And he's like, Jesus Christ, do I really look that much like my brother? Yes, you're identical. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a different haircut. He does have a different haircut. Yeah. So does Setsuna after four years. But Setsuna's looks very similar. Fair. And he's still got his scarf. So, so does Felt. <laughs> uh, Setsuna's like, this is Lyle Delandi. And again, I assume that Setsuna made the choice to get Lyle. I feel like Tiaria would have probably agreed with it. But I feel like this is sets it up be like, hey, we we need a new lockout. Let's get his brother. Do, do we think they know he's a member of Cateron? I think Setsuna does at least. So I think they all do. Yeah, because I assume that's why Setsuna told him, hey, this is, attack is going to happen. In. Okay. Yeah, because he it was a verification of, you know, we're on the same side. So I'm going to let you know this is happening ahead of time. Or, or I'm going to tell you this thing that is valuable information to you to prove that, like, I'm not just a crazy person showing up to be like, ah, me and your brother fought in the wars. <laughs> and, the you know, well, also, you know, goodwill. Anyway, he's like, I'm not Lyle DeLandy. I'm Lock on Stratos, <laughs> which is certainly not a weird thing to say. I assume that was all that was on his uh, USB is your lock on Stratos. You'll pilot a Gundam. Meet us here. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, so we cut out of. We, we don't cut out of the scene, but we get an overlay of between Klaus and uh, uh, Sheeran. Sheeran about how Gene One has made contact with Celestial Being. And Klaus is like, ah, oh, the a-holes are a-holes, and they just use the solar power to coerce other nations. At this rate, the Federation will become a dictatorship. That's why we, Catheron, have to have motivation to fight them. With our old crappy mobile suits. Like, really crappy. Like, they're running real does. I think they have some in too. They just have anything they can get. 
It's weird because they don't seem to have any flags. Well, America is good at keeping their technology. We know that canonically, the Europeans would sell to anybody, so they'd have the most stuff out there, right? The Human Reform League, you know how AK-47s ended up anywhere, <laughs> everywhere, so I can believe that with the Tiarians as well. Okay, that's fair. And so Klaus is like, but I'm sure Celestial Being is on our side. And Sheeran is like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, in the Middle East, they just kept being threats to us, so I feel like they're probably bad guys. I, I sure right. as hell hope they're on our side because they've got some wildly powerful shit. Hey, remember Marina Ismail? We cut to her in a suit. Remember how she didn't do anything in the first series except she looks like in a ramble at her? She looks like she's wearing a much more toned down version of Rolina's uniform. Yeah, it's like business casual Rolina, darling. Yeah. <laughs> she's even got the same haircut. And she's like, man, style. Gundams are back. Are you back, Setsuna? And then fucking RoboCop and Judge Dredd kick her <laughs> door down and are like, Marina Ismail, you are now in our custody. And again, we can see that she never replaced those terrible bodyguards. Uh, Is she still space president? I think she's still space princess. Okay. Middle East space princess, specifically. To be fair, these are the cops, right? If the cops come to your bodyguards and are like, hey. Okay, these are also fair. the super cops. Yeah, it's RoboCop and Judge Dredd. Yeah, the, these are UN cops or Earth Sphere Federation cops. So then we don't get the eye catch. And she's like, "What?" To be fair, if I had bodyguards, they'd probably be about as effective as Marina's. Anywho, thank you for listening to season two, episode two of Gundam Two Zeros. That's a lot of twos. This is the point where I'd plug something, like another podcast or something. But instead, I'm going to plug our own stuff, like I normally do. Anyway, our episode on The Batman came out, but if you're interested in listening to that, you can go check that out over on our Patreon.com slash LastPodcasts, or hey, just like, hang around our Discord. I feel like it's been slightly busier the past couple weeks, but maybe that's just because a lot of people are finishing off a bunch of Gunpla. Yeah, I don't know. Through the magic of editing, you don't know this, but I literally just stared out the window for 30 seconds trying to think of something else to say here, and I guess I'm done. Okay, bye! Cut back to Chun-Li's pool, where nobody be hanging out. And Brutler is like, uh, Mistress, why did you give them the information on Celestial Being? Weren't we trying to help them? What have we spent the last four years doing, if you're just going <laughs> to leak where they are? And she's just like, because someone had to be an organizational evil pe person. Someone had to be attached to Celestial Being and be working against them for some reason. Yeah, why does she keep doing this? What's her goal? <laughs> She says they're of no use to anyone if they can't overcome this level of danger. This is like level one. If they can't beat this, they're never going to be able to raid. Lady, that doesn't make any sense. Which is what Brutler says. She's like, uh, it seems like you're just interested in starting fights like a petty bitch or something. And she's More like, yes, I am. Actually <laughs> fixing the world. It is only through battles that reform can be found. Shogun uh, spirit or something. I was really into manga as a teenager. Anyway, Nana, go tell them I told them about them. And so, Nana's like, I'm here. <laughs> Nana's working for her now. Well, where else would she go, really? I mean, I don't know. It makes sense that she's working for her. Nana starts a food truck. <laughs> <laughs> then we cut the ribbons on his couch with a purple-haired woman coming down and be like, oh, man, good information you got, ribbons. Why, aren't you, why don't you have any lights on? <laughs> why don't you have a TV? He's like, this is my brooding time. Anyway, should we tell Billy's uncle about this? Whose name is Homer for some <laughs> reason. <laughs> uh, and Ribbon's like, good idea. Have it be done. So then we cut back to the blonde captain from the last episode. Who's like, oh. Fatso. We, 
who we like, we know the location of the spaceships carrying the Gundams and it came straight from headquarters. Great. Let's go murder them. <laughs> Commander Katagari does it again. He does everything flawlessly. Prepare to launch all mobile suits except Louise. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, because we then cut to Louise asking the captain, hey, can I sortie with you? And he's like, no, I don't make those decisions. <laughs> See, it set out all mobile suits except the main character. So I was just thinking of the last name category way too much. I ran to Onigiri, and now I want a Billy Onigiri that's just like an Onigiri with a ponytail. <laughs> You know the thing about Zoro's attacks, right? And how they're all sushi puns? No, I did oh, not like know Like, his that. main attack is Onigiri, which is Oni Slash, but... God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not know that. That's excellent. Actually, I think you've explained Onigiri to me specifically, but... I think even on mic. Maybe. Grandmaker knows all about it now. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what he studied when he became Mr. Bushido. He just read all the Zoro chapters of One Piece, <laughs> uh... which is finally over in 200 years. <laughs> So this dude launches his ahead. His A-head for the A-laws. So we cut to the shuttle that Setsuna is driving Lock-On and Sumeragi home on. And is like, oh, we got a coded message. The Ptolemy is under attack. I also kind of love how well, Wang Lu Mei sent them a message letting them know the A-laws knows their, their location because she told them. She doesn't tell them that she told them where they were. Yep. Anyway. In the spacesuits, I actually kind of love how Setson is in his pilot suit. The other two are just in generic fl- or generic uh, spacesuits. Yep. No, yeah, they haven't gotten on sh- the ship yet to get their uniform. Okay, so this they call this ship the Ptolemy, but yep. it's clearly not the original Ptolemaeus. No, no this so. is the Ptolemaeus, too. Okay. But it still gets the same nickname. Oh, that's fair. First off, why do they give the ship such a cute nickname? I don't know. Because it's mostly girls on the ship. I was going to say it's Felt, specifically. She had a fondness for that name. I feel like that's also not that unusual. Even in real militaries? I honestly have no idea. I've never been on a boat. Although I I feel like some of them, like, I think the Enterprise was Lucky E. Although the Enterprise also had, like, ten different nicknames, because the Japanese also gave her, like, ten, because she kept coming back. The legged ship. <laughs> the Grey Ghost is the big one, because they're Ooh, like, that's we, good. we sank it. Next battle. I'm not dead. I'm a poltergeist. So Tiara is like, okay, I'm going to get in the Cerevi, our only Gundam. Felt, you help Ian get us another Gundam. I felt it gives him a look like, yeah, I know what my goddamn job is. I, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like she's at the point or that they're all at the point now where like, yes, we know you're, you know, you're awkward in the way that you tell everybody to do things that everybody already knows to do. But at the same time, I feel like felt was also sitting there like he's not wrong because what she's actually doing. I mean, it's hard to say exactly what she's doing at the moment. Playing flash games. <laughs> Solitaire. So we cut to Saji, who's being told by the Hara, prepare for combat, prepare for combat. What exactly is he supposed to do? He's like, there's not a helpful poster on the wall telling me what to do in a combat situation. He doesn't have any space suit or anything like that. I feel like this happens and most of the crew kind of forgot he was on board. (laughs) Yeah, I actually think that's what's happening. Otherwise, at the very least, you would think that Marina would go give... No, it's not Marina. Melina would go give him a space suit. I'm not sure what I think about the Ptolemy. What is her actual name? Melina. Melina. Okay. I keep calling her Melina, and that's a Mortal Kombat character, which is, is, ironically, the one that I forgot to mention when we were talking about the games we played on the last podcast. I played Mortal Kombat 11 a bit. Ah. I was going to say, I'm not sure what I think of the the traditional-style launching catapult on the Ptolemy 2. I actually kind of prefer it, just because of the way they have it angled. There's two mobile suits in either container. I kind of like the just yeet them into space philosophy that the old one had. This definitely seems like a tech upgrade, though, so... 
Yeah, and I think, like we speculated before, I don't think space cruisers were really a thing in Gundam 00 four years ago, whereas clearly they are now. So Celestial Being needs a good one instead of just a one. They need one that can engage in combat. Clearly, theirs is still higher quality. I mean, we won't get this until the next episode, but theirs are clearly a, a step up from everybody else's. And they gave this ship guns, which is also an upgrade over the first one. Well, they were working on the first one getting guns with its assault containers. So we flash back to the shuttle where Sumeragi's like, Setsuna, what is the current fighting strength on the new ship? He's like, well, we have Tiaria's unit and we almost have my unit. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, the Ptolemy does have guns now. I love the look on her face during this scene also. She's like, I haven't had to think this hard in four years. (laughs) And then Lock-On just has this look of, huh, well, this is funny. Pretty lean group you got here. Catheron has more mobile suits than that. And we have like just some dregs we stole from Europe. Yeah, but the thing is, at the same time, the Cerevi is probably worth every single mobile suit Catheron has. Anyway, Sumeragi presses a button. We cut back to the bridge of the Ptolemaeus. And we're like, Sumeragi's here. One, that's surprising. Two, she has a plan. That's less surprising. Yeah. Although, I, at the same time, like just in my head, Sumeragi hearing, oh yeah, we have Thierry's unit. So her immediate thought is, Okay, so we have two units ready to go, because <laughs> it's Tiaria, so he must have a Russian doll-style mobile suit. So Lassie's like, huh, this plan is reckless and unreasonable. Setsuna really did get Sumeragi back. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Even though in the previous series, we didn't see a lot of her being reckless and unreasonable. Well, she did send all the Gundamisers off to, on a suicide mission that one time. I feel like so. <laughs> most of, like, I think I mentioned this before, I think most of her plans came from, like, Veda had to clear them, so most of her plans were much more, or much less reckless. Yeah, because Veda is like, why are you doing that? That only has a 5% chance of work, and she's like, I know, but the risk. <laughs> but Shonen powers. So the Ahead and its Jinx escorts show up and are like, all right, you guys go destroy their ship, I'll 1v1 the Gundam. And then the ship is like, hey, I have missiles. Lots of them. Mines, specifically. Which are apparently mildly annoying. They're like, oh, they're just mines. That's kind of like... I mean, it blows a couple of them out of the sky. One of them. The one guy who's like, mines, I can deal with mines. This will be, oh, no, I'm dead. (laughs) It actually gets another one, I think, here in a second. Uh, But also it disrupts their sensors. But the commander's just like, let's ah. just go around. But it turns out that's actually the trap card. And then Sumeragi on board the ship is like, hey, take this specific route, Setsuna. And apparently Lock-On has figured out the plan. New Lock-On, I guess. Neo-Lock-On? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm trying to come up with a better name for him. So we cut to the Cerevi, which, as an upgrade to the Virtue, has two fuck-off bazookas <laughs> that it's about to fire into the minefield to blow up all the mines. Because Tiaria, while soft-spoken, would rather not be the underkill guy. <laughs> well, also, he, he definitely understands the idea of walk softly and carry two really big sticks. That also shoot lasers. Laser sticks, if you will. I mean, at least from this very brief interaction, it seems like the CeraVe is not nearly as mobile as the Aheads, but it still has the, I'm a fucking tank, and I have a shield, so fuck you. I actually really like, we see a brief flash of it, like putting up the GN shield, and then dropping it immediately, like he's using it very sparingly, which I like. And the fact that this is in, like, a half-second clip of animation is pretty nice. Well, he's, it's clear that he's improved and he has learned from the previous engagements aboard the Virtue. And one thing that I feel like we maybe should have spoken about already, but I think it's evident, one of the really cool things about Gundam 00 is how cool its fight scenes are, right? There's 
almost zero reuse footage. Yeah, there uh, is no stock animation attack, except maybe that one time the Virtue fires its big cannon. Well, the yeah. Virtue has a couple of shots where it fires the, the big GN bazooka. Yeah. But even then, like, they're separated enough that it doesn't really hurt it, in my opinion. And the Virtue being what it is, it kind of fits based on how it's firing that thing. I was going to say, the only time we get it from the same angle is when he's firing down Patrick Collisar repeatedly, so... <laughs> I don't think there's anything co- as cool as, like, Kira dropping his shield on a mobile suit, but there's consistently stuff approaching that. Yes. I mean, at least from what we've been presented with so far, nobody in this particular series is as good of a pilot as Kira is. Yeah, Graham Aker being the closest. Graham, from what we've seen so far, uh, we haven't seen enough out of, like, Setsuna to say that he is definitely... On that level, just put Graham in a Gundam. So Setsuna calls Ian and he's like, hey, get the double already. And he's like, it's not ready, though. And Setsuna is like, we will die. Put it on the catapult. Lock on, you're driving. I have to do a cool <laughs> thing. <laughs> and Lockon's like, I don't have my license. <laughs> so Milan is like, all right, I'm initiating the double O's launch sequence, which makes me assume that this is part of Sumeragi's plan. That this was part of the email. I mean, maybe, but at the same time, like, this feels like something that's coming from specifically from Setsuna since he's the one, like, he told Ian, hey, get the double O ready. Whereas we didn't see that Ian had anything to do with the plan from Sumeragi. They open the catapult to launch the double O and Setsuna jumps out of the shuttle. That is being shot at currently. Yep. With a jetpack to fly into the double O. And he's like, ah, O Gundam and Exia Gundam, my two gods are in that machine. It's mine. Dibs. It's a Deus in Machina. So he hops in, and I kind of like how the this Gundam, the cockpit opens from above. Yeah. And doesn't have the elevator. So in theory, you can have an ejection seat on this. Yep. So Setson is like, man, I hope this works. I'm using Trans Am. And the, the engineer is like, no, dude, that is not a good idea. Bad idea. Stop. <laughs> oh, this is actually a decent time to talk about, because this is the first time it happens. The subtitles in the second half of Double O, for some reason, Whenever characters are talking to each other on comms, they flip the order of the subtitles of who speaks. Yeah, I do not understand that. Yeah, the person who speaks second is not on top, and it is baffling to me why they made this choice. But I also like that it scans him in. That's not a thing we've seen before. We we actually saw the Exia do that too when when he when he initially would like get on board. We just didn't see them uh, unlocking the Gundams very much. Okay, but we did see it a couple of times. And Stetson is like, I'm a Trans Am. And Ian's like, don't Trans Am. And uh, Stetson is like, Trans Am. Phil <laughs> <laughs> looks shell-shocked. Well, Phil looks just like, well, he's going to do whatever he's going to do. And Ian's just like, well, this is bad. And Phil's like, well, we're up to 23, we're up to 73%, but it won't go any higher. I, I love how, like, Terry takes a hit, he's kicked, and he's like, where's Double O? Like, he clearly believes that Stetson is going to get this thing working. Like, he has no doubts whatsoever that Setsuna is going to be here. And Setsuna is also like, the O Gundam is in here, and also the Exia. Come on, move. And uh, the head shows up to blast him, and he's like, oh, also me, I have an ego now. <laughs> not, not like a bad thing, oh, ego is a problem, I mean I have self-worth. And apparently has- that is enough to activate the double lot Gundam. And it turns its two GN drives towards an approaching laser, and uh, GN particles it. I mean, I assume that just I works guess. like a GN field. Yeah. Just more directed. And Ian's like, holy shit, it worked. He's Apparently really the squaring has a time lag on it. Felt's like, yeah, they're in stable operation range. And the bad guy's like, we probably got it, right? That that weird light is probably an indication that we got it. <laughs> we then cut the ribbons watching this on the 
big screen, and he is not amused. He I is love like, his, what the fuck is that? The expression on his face. He looks very confused. Well, he <laughs> looks kind of disgusted and disgruntled. It's like fucking Aeolia Shehenberg. God damn it. What else did that guy leave behind that I couldn't find? So Sitsuna launches in the double O, of course, doing the full Gundam double O launching. I really that, like the little like wave of force the twin drive sends out. Yeah, it's a pretty cool effect. I really like the way the like, like twin drive shoulder motors make it look. It's got a lot of what I like about the freedom in that it's got mobility that's very specific to this with those shoulder pauldrons that kind of move. That's probably my favorite bit of the double. I like the idea. I hate what it looks like. I agree, yes. I think it's a very cool idea for design. I really don't like the way it looks. Because it's just, it's so top-heavy. Yeah, because it's basically the Exia, but with, like, two giant shoulder pads. Yep. And it doesn't have even the same thing as with, in, you know, build divers with the uh, shoulder blades. So the bad guys are like, it's a new model, that's fine. It definitely can't beat us. As it just starts dancing around them. As Setsuna just makes these guys look absolutely amateur hour yeah he hits one of them with a beam rifle and he's like what was that as he dies he then uses the dn drive feet uh, like shield feature to block a bunch of shots which is pretty cool yeah so the animation for that looks really cool by the way he fires the beam at the head but he's like ah i have anti-beam grenades which are an idea i really like for gundam i want to call back real quick because i love when he blocks it with with the the shield there and immediately drops them as soon as the guy stops firing to shoot back. Yeah, like it is done so smoothly in the animation. That's interesting. I do really like this fight. One of the problems with the second half of Double O, I think, is that all of the characters basically get their new Gundams at the same time, right? Because we had to blow them all up in the first half. (laughs) So I don't think the Double O gets to get as cool as a debut as the Freedom does, like coming to the rescue, even though this is basically the same scene. This scene exists to get you to buy Double O toys. Although I do think it's pretty good. So the guy's like, ha, now your beam weapons are useless, and now you will have to fight me in close combat, where I I will definitely have the advantage over a guy who recreationally uses seven swords. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, he doesn't know that. I feel like the reason why this guy's immediate thought is I have the advantage in close combat is for some strange reason he is thinking that the gun Setsuna is carrying that has a big fuck-off sword on it has a sword. It is a gun and not a sword, but Setson is just like, it has sword mode. I just kind of flip it and it's, it's sword mode. He has a sword. He has a gun sword. I actually really like the, I think this is the GM Blade 3. It might be the GM Blade 2. I really like this design as a like bladed gun thing because Gundam tries those a lot. And with mixed success, I think this is, I think, one of the coolest ones. I'm not a big fan of this, but that's because I'm not a big fan of this combination. Like, I feel like having it be accessible from both angles as opposed to you have to pick one i would be much more okay with it but because it's like it's either gun mode or it's sword mode yeah i was gonna say bayonets exist yeah bayonets (laughs) are a thing so lock on is impressed as is tiaria as we see the double o's in the smoke cloud all devil style like they like to do with gundams and uh sumeragi seemed more drunk as she calls out for Setsuna. We get a, a reaction from Saji, who is also watching on the monitor, and he is just, Gundam. <laughs> Cut back to Ribbons, and the person behind him is like, hey, what kind of GM drive was that? Ribbons like, and she's like, oh, you don't know, huh? And he's you, like, <laughs> you who controls level seven, the rest of us can't get past level four. And he's like, fucking Aeolia Shehenberg, that <laughs> goddamn old man is always just coming back from the grave to screw me. <laughs> 
I would have gotten away for it, too, if it wasn't for you kids and your meddling ghost dad. <laughs> <laughs> that kid kicks us to the ending. Yeah. So I want to really like this ending song. Like every time I hear it, I'm like, oh, this is a good song. I'll listen through to it. But it's then it's not. It's got some good riffs, I think, is the problem. But it's not like the overall construction's not great. Yeah. And just it makes me want it to be as good as like the first double O ending or one of those Gundam Seed endings. And it's just not. And also, if you read any lyric translation of the lyrics I've seen are just nonsense. And I've seen a few of them because I'm like, no, that can't be right. I feel like most of them, mo- most uh, lyrics tend to be a nonsense when it comes to these. Yeah, but like usually there's like a theme or like it's a love story or it's about an emotion. This is just nonsense in my opinion. But Double O has after credit scenes. Some of them are helpful. This one I feel like kind of is, actually is. Yeah, I think they're good at the front. There's a large bit in the middle where they're just like, and here's a scene from the next episode. But then some of them are critical to the plot. <laughs> so oh. we have uh, Setsuna entering the bridge with Sumeragi, who is very, still very sad. Or maybe she's just hungover. We can't tell. All the named characters on the ship, except Tiaria, because of course, I, I have gathered like, to meet her. I feel like she's still just super depressed. Like she doesn't feel like she has any point in being here. So why is she? Man, Lassie's fucking tall. Yeah. And Milena says, hey, long time no see, Miss Sumeragi, establishing that she has met her, her somehow. So Lassie's like, you have the same reckless tactics as always as Neo Lock-On walks around the door and is like, sup, I'm the new guy. And everyone else is like, holy shit, it's Lock-On. I, I want to point out that we do get an individual reaction from Felt, yes. which makes sense. Yeah. And the Orange Haro is like, Lock-On, you're alive. Lock-On, you're alive. I knew these meatbags were lying to me. <laughs> 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 oh, poor Sumeragi. Lockon's like, wow, this is one hell of a welcome. I should pretend to be my dead brother more often. <laughs> Ironically, I think this is kind of better for Sumeragi because now the attention isn't on her. Yeah. yeah. To the point where I wonder if New Lockon did this on purpose. Yeah. Just knowing some stuff about his future character. I mostly said that because of the look on her face. So. Which kind of does have a relief thing when she starts explaining that it, that uh, Neo Lockon is not Lockon they knew, it's his younger brother. I mean, Felt is still poleaxed. Meanwhile, cut to drunk Billy Katagiri, realizing that his girlfriend slash crush slash... I don't really understand their relationship. He's got it bad for her, but I don't think she feels the same way for him. Yeah, yeah. anyway, he's getting drunk now. Uh, he's working through the remainder of the alcohol Sumeragi left behind, and she left behind a lot. Yeah, because he's realizing that she worked for a celestial being, a And that he, he provided her all kinds of intelligence. He also did that. One step back just to the greeting of all of them. Another reason why I kind of think Setsuna is taking charge is because all of them are surprised to see this guy who looks identical to... Oh, yeah, that's Akka. fair. Like, and he didn't tell them. Yeah, we cut to Tiaria, who's like, no, that's not him. So I think he at least ran it by Tiaria, who was like, yeah, that seems like a good plan. But I feel like they knew that he was going, theoretically, to get Lock-On's brother. I don't think they expected him to look so similar to Lock-On, and that's why there is a surprise there. It's just that Sumeragi has to explain, no, this is his brother. That makes me think. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So it could just be that largely the two Gundam Meisters were the ones that were making most of these critical decisions. Yeah, like I said, no one seems like a leader. Ian Vashti, you want to build a mobile suit, repair a mobile suit? He's your guy. He's not a decisions guy. None of them really are, not even Setsuna, really. That's why I feel like as soon as they pick up... like. It is kind of what you were saying as soon as they pick up Setsuna, but I feel like it's now that they have Tiria and Setsuna to kind of ping off of each other, 
that's where the decisions are getting made. We cut to Chun-Li, who's like, ah, double O has been activated. Yes. Then we see Morena in a jail cell. And then we see Hannibal Lecter. And that's the end of the episode. (laughs) Yeah, like, they're clearly concerned about Hannibal Lecter here. Well, to be fair, the next episode is titled Alleluia Rescue Operations, so. (laughs) Yeah, Hannibal Lecter is Alleluia. Yeah, thanks, Zach. (laughs) I couldn't tell. He's actually Hallelujah. That's why they've got the Hannibal Lecter mask on him. I don't think it's as good as the first episode, like you said, Tyler, but I think it's a good second episode. I think it's a pretty good debut for the double O. Unfortunately, because it's just the second episode, it doesn't get to do anything really dramatic, but they do the best they can with the situation they're in. And I feel like part of the thing that kind of hurts the dramatic stakes there is that the fact that Chun-Li is playing both sides kind of puts that out of joint, in my opinion. How so? I, because she's always been doing that. Not as explicitly, right? She was, At the beginning, she wasn't playing both sides because there weren't two sides to play, right? Okay, that's It fine. was only when a splinter faction and celestial being showed up that she started playing both sides. And like, I guess Ribbons was the master of that, but she didn't know that at the time, right? She was directly interfacing with the throne pilots. That's fair. Um, and here, it just, it, I think the reason why it feels like the dramatic stakes are lessened is because... We are explicitly told how they got here. Like, it's not they discovered us or anything like that. It's, yeah, Chun-Li told them for not well-explained reasons. I don't understand her goal. So the dramatic stakes of her telling them is just like, I'm confused. I I think that's kind of fair at this point, because there are lots of characters we don't have a full grip on, right? I mean, there's a lot of characters we don't have a full grip on. It's just weird because it seems, like I said, out of joint for her to be telling the Earth government because she was in the first season. It was all, you know, I want to change. I want to help change the world. And especially because Brutler there is like, this seems out of joint for you. (laughs) And her just being like, yes, I just want to see things fight. Nana has really uh, rubbed off on me in the last four years. (laughs) Apparently Chun-Li has gone from relatively naive idealist to fight slut, I guess. I meant to say this earlier, but I watched the whole second half of Double O, not n- entirely in preparation for this because I didn't watch the first half when we did the first one. But there were some things I wanted to look for, some perspective I wanted to have. So I'm coming from it as a bit of a different angle, and I don't want to spoil things. But I do agree with you about her character in general, Zach. But I think this episode works. Otherwise, we have a new lock on. He looks exactly like the old lock on. It's a weird choice. Uh, <laughs> the new lock on, same as the old lock on. Well, they didn't have to design a new character model, so. Yeah. I like the Sumeragi stuff. I like Setsuna in a more mature position, even if he's not literally the leader like I read it as the first time. He's definitely in a higher role, right? He he feels like he has matured in the time since we last saw him. Yeah, and I will say I do actually like this episode much better on a second watching, so. Do you have a high point, Tyler? That is a good question. I mean, it, it would be pretty easy to take the obvious shonen bullshit moment. That's pretty good. Come back to me, actually, because I have a couple that I'm, like, rolling around. Zach? Sets in a picking up Sumeragi. I really like <laughs> that scene just because of the, like, the character moments behind the entire thing of him just showing up and being like, yes, I'm alive. You are Sumeragi. You are my tactical forecaster for Celestial Being. I am here to take you away. And uh, now you have nowhere else to run. Yeah, I think another reason why I assumed Setsunov is the leader is I think it says a lot about his character. If the first thing he does is recruit a guy who looks identical to his dead brother and Setsunov's dead brother. Yeah, <laughs> and his mom. 
if he's immediately like, okay, yes, Lichty and Christina are dead, and that's terrible, and we can't do anything about it. We do need to get the family back together, though, of the people that we can get back together. I mean, it makes a lot of sense to go get Sumeragi because he knows her. And like I said, I think despite what happened, and obviously her problems with herself, Setsuna believes in her as a as a person. And is like, yes, you are still fully capable of doing this. And that is why we decided to go get you. Yeah. But we also know that you have your own personal problems. So I have to take away your ability to run. Don't believe in yourself. Believe in the Gundam who believes in you. I'm going to go with the Saji in prison scene, specifically like Lasse talking to him and be like, I, hey. I do love that scene. People are going to die anyway. Yeah, that was actually going to be mine, I think. Um also, like, subsequent to that, I think the scene where he was, uh, like, Looking going up. through the archives. Well, I guess since no one took it, I will go with the obvious bullshit shonen moment. See, so, like, that's not the obvious moment to me. It's, it works fine, but I think the problem with it really for me is I compare it to the Freedom Gundam's first appearance, and it's, it can't be that. They don't have the setup for it. Like I said, the weird bisecting of the series makes it so it can't be a super dramatic debut. It has to be a pretty standard one. It feels more like the Strikes debut. You know, thinking about it, the only one that I can think of that comes close to the dramatic stakes of the Freedom's reappearance, of the Freedom's first appearance, is the Burning Gundam's first appearance. The, that one's good. The Zeta Gundam's good. I just um, haven't seen yeah. Zeta Gundam or anything like that. But and I even the, think the Strike Freedom is better than this one, even though I don't like the Strike Freedom as much. They no, more impress how impressive it is. Well, I was I was specifically saying the one that comes closest to yeah, the Freedom's first appearance for dramatic stakes, even though like the dramatic stakes of the Burning Gundam originally appearing are actually not like combat stakes. They're character stakes, weirdly enough. You have so. a low point, Tyler. Um, I'm actually going to say pretty much the entire before credits scene. I feel like this is information that we already knew implicitly of the very least, and we didn't really need to establish it with more techno babble. Wh- which what scene are you mean? talking about? Uh, uh, the thing- oh, before the opening credits. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The whole before credits thing where it's like three months ago, we were testing all the other GN drives, and then we decided we needed a Setsuna. I think it's a decent cold open to establish the I, drama, fine. but it's not great. No, and we're, we're- I think it also does kind of serve to establish the uh the fact that they're having trouble getting it to work which kind of reinforces the idea later when Setsuna is like hey we need it to turn on now yeah it's Chekhov's sync rate it is a low point Th- this episode honestly didn't have very many low points for me so Zach I think I'm gonna go with what the hell is up with Chun-Li why why are you why are you like I'm confused this seems like such a weird random heel turn for this character I feel like it's almost a move to force Celestial Bean into action again because she does want to see the world change. But I don't know. I don't know what she's... It seems like they were going to do something when they yeah. got the level out of work. <laughs> like Tyler said, there's not a lot of low points in this episode. I'm afraid that's going to be a problem with Double O second half as a series. I don't feel like there there are a lot of meta low points, but there are low points of like, oh, the series is actually kind of weak at this that only really reveal themselves when you're thinking on it as a whole i thought of a pseudo low point if you uh don't have another one i'm, I'm gonna go with uh the launch all mobile suits can i go captain <laughs> <laughs> that was the other one no stay in the main character jail <laughs> launch all mobile suits except louise except the girl do not let her launch she's not allowed in the boys club i don't know what she's doing here uh like obviously the reason why they don't is because this whole team dies but at the same time like uh, secondary high point to Ribbon's frustration with Aelia Schoenberg. <laughs> Do you have an MVP, Tyler? Um, I think it's going to be Setsuna, but not for the reason you think. 
Um, it's going to be sudsy enough for bringing the family back together. I mean, that I, was the reason I was thinking. Yeah, <laughs> I, I also think are we unanimous on sudsy enough? He kind of yes, does for... everything this episode. He goes, he 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 gets a new lock odd. He gets mom back. He helps sober her up a little bit, and then he saves the day. Like no one else does anything in this episode. The... Lasse talks to Aji. So. That, that, like Lasse is definitely my runner up here because of that conversation he has with Saji and kind of going into and detailing Celestial Being's new mission statement ahead of time. Like, we fucked up the world, so it's our responsibility to unfuck it. I will say Sumeragi also came up with a cool plan we don't know any of the details of, and Tiaria shot some dudes, so... Tiaria had some bazookas, it's true. <laughs> Sumeragi starts coming up some with some absolutely fucking wild plans. It's great. Do we want to add the ahead or the jinx to, to our list this week i think we can wait they do some more things i think i don't think we, there's anything we really haven't seen that they do but they show up more if we want to wait it's up to you guys I, i'd be fine adding the ahead okay so i really don't like the ahead i kind of like its face design it's with got those, like, like the vent things on its shoulders for its engine right yeah but it just does nothing for me like most double o designs like i don't like it as much as the jinx personally this thing is way wider than I expected. Can, uh, oh, shit. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I feel like it's never animated quite that way, but... No, it doesn't feel like that. I don't. I think I agree with you, Jeremy. It's not so much that it's busy, it's that it's weirdly blocky. Yeah, I'm not as much of a fan of it. I do... Mm, yeah, no. I don't think I have anything to add. I don't like it as much as the Enact, either. I have a weird soft spot for the Enact. I know Zach I really like it a hate whole lot. the enact ahead. The enact head. Do I hate it more than I think I dislike the enact more than I dislike the ahead. I think I actively like the enact more than I like the ahead. So yeah, same. I don't think it's as bad as the Alvatore's mobile suit form, though. It doesn't have that stupid, stupid head. <laughs> it does have a the the Alvatore does have a very Kind of blank head. Yeah, if I was going to g give a high point of the head, it would be its head. <laughs> I actually kind of like the dumb head on the Alvator's mobile suit form, so... I think I might have to give it to the Alvator over the head, mostly because the rest of the Alvator, like, I actually really like the Alvator's wings. Okay, that's fair. Right below the Alvator is the Taros. I definitely think it's better than the Taros. Yeah, th that that's not a hard sell for me, so... <laughs> So the ahead almost our worst thing in double O if it wasn't for the Alvator's mobile armor form. <laughs> Goes at 93 below the Alvator mobile suit form and above the Taros. Oh, I'm sorry. The Rialdo is also lower. <laughs> All right. I think that'll do it for this episode. Anything else you guys want to say about it? Nope. Looking forward to the next one, though. So Nope. I, I have something that I've been saving for two weeks. So look forward to that next week. It's a Gundam will return in Alleluia Rescue Operation. What do you mean by that?